Welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns. This is episode 38 of Show Me Your Mic. 38 luxurious episodes in. We are talking with Nicole Spag. She hosts a few podcasts affiliated with the Frog Pants folks, Frog Pants Network, Frog Pants Studios. We'll sort it out in the show. We talk about uh, sponsorship, how she got her start in podcasting, going from woodworking to gaming, nerd podcasting, and everything in between. Uh, putting together press kits, talking about sponsorship and money and gear and all that kind of stuff. The usual kind of kind of stuff we talk about. A bit of parenting too. Uh, she hosts a Nerd Parents podcast, so we get into that as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Yes, I'm here with Nicole Spag. Is that, oh, I forgot to double check your name. Is that, is that how you say your last name? Well, Spagnolo is my real last name. Oh, I, I shorten it because no one can pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll leave this in because all of a sudden I panic because I thought. Oh, that's not, no, no. Most people most people think my last name is Spag. Okay. Yeah, because it was in your emails and you yep. know, everything. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Nicole, you're the host of Ladies of Leet, which is. By my count, was about ninety three episodes in, and then also yeah. Nerd Parents, which is a newer podcast, with eight, eight episodes in. Plus, you have some other history in podcasting and video podcasting and things, which we'll talk about. So, welcome sure. to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, where are you geographically in the world? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. So sunny and warm and hot. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> our our summers are like everyone else's winters. We just stay inside. Right, right, but for the wrong or the opposite reason. That opposite reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's quite a few Canadians down there. I'm, I'm up in Canada here. Oh yeah, there. I'm sure. Snow. We call them snowbirds. Yeah, that's what. That's what we or or other jealous, jealously tinged words is what we call them. Right. That aren't, maybe aren't appropriate for the show. <laughs> Lucky ducks, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're headed into our. This isn't a weather podcast, but we're headed into our like the coldest week possibly ever that we've ever had in our. History you know, of it's, it's it's been a rough one for everyone. <laughs> I, I'm originally from Missouri, so, so I, I I met my husband. Uh, I've moved and lived in a number of places in the United States. So I'm originally from Missouri. I moved to Washington D.C. for a job, and then I was still at the same job, but I decided to move across country and move to San Diego, and that's where I met my husband, Mark. Gotcha. So, yeah. Who is uh. The, well, we'll get started on that. I guess your yeah. your start in sort of podcasting was was helping him do a a show on woodworking. Yeah, the, um, the Wood Whisperer started back in two thousand six. Around I think it was it was October. Um, my job at the time required a lot of travel, and he was bored, <laughs> and so he he started getting into podcasting. He's like there's these things called podcasts and they're free. And he was really into woodworking. We, we actually moved out to Phoenix from California so he could change careers. He, he was originally uh, a scientist. <laughs> so oh, wow. he worked in molecular biology and he worked in a lab and he did a bunch of research work and his hobby was woodworking and he just, he wasn't happy. Um, and he really, really loved woodworking. And I, I just, I encouraged him to follow his passion and his passion was woodworking. So we moved out here to lower cost of living. Um, things kind of lined up. I mean, that wasn't the main reason, but um, when he, when he, we first came out here, he had started up his own custom furniture business. So he was doing that as a job, taking on commissions. I, I managed the website. We, we had, we did a number of things in, in the beginning. Uh, we would sell, um, turning blanks. If any, there is any turners listening, <laughs> you get, you know, big blanks of wood and you can turn them into bowls and all kinds of stuff. So we sold that online and we also, he also taught classes and it wasn't until he, we looked at video podcasting as a way to educate our customers. Cause that's really where the, the concept came from it was really hard to convince people to pay a lot of money for a custom piece of furniture because for whatever reason, most people, when they think, uh, oh, I want something built, they think, oh, I'm going to have it built cheaper. No, it's just the opposite. If you right. want cheap, go to Ikea <laughs> or Walmart. <laughs> if you want custom, fine furniture, you go to a, a woodworker. And we he started those videos to 
educate our customer base. So we were using that as a marketing tool. Well, about uh, six months into it, we realized that our business should be the, the show. And from the beginning, we treated it as a business. So we always had the kind of the business in, in mind. Um, but about six months into it, and, and uh, he, we switched from custom furniture to video production with The Wood Whisperer. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was weird how the the life cycle and and over the years the life cycle of the business has been really interesting as well. And I was more of the behind the scenes person, kind of making stuff, you know, move forward with the website and getting more into the business end of it with the marketing and things like that and business contacts. But then my job really got demanding and. For a while there, I wasn't even, I wasn't able to really participate much at all. We would also do a lot of live sessions, Q&A with, with other woodworkers, and really kind of build the community up. And that's really what that website is, is about, is kind of teaching. Um, and that's actually both of our backgrounds. I was at the company I worked for. I was an educator. I, I worked in um, services and sales, but I, I train people on the software. So I had that education background to kind of pull from <laughs> as right. we built, built the show. And so, uh, not, uh, this wasn't originally what I was planning to talk to you about so much cause that's, I could have your husband on, I guess, to talk about yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well just, it's our business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as, you know, someone might wonder like, so you had a, that's great. You had a, you know, a wood, um, making, what's the word I'm looking for? Wood, wood- uh, Woodworking. Woodworking, sorry. Yeah. Woodworking show, yeah. <laughs> Working business and uh, like the business and then you do the show yeah. and, you know, there's a natural like you're selling wood in the woodworking business, but what is the, mon- how are you making money just by putting out free videos on the internet, I guess would be. Well, back in. You probably two- had to explain to your family. <laughs> well, yeah, back in 2006, it was, it was new. Yeah. I mean, really the only one out there that was making a living out of podcasting, there was a handful Leah Laporte was one of them doing Twit TV. Yeah. Um, and I called into his show a number of times just trying to get a handle on what, what CPMs and how much should I charge and how should I make my media kit. And like when you get into that world, it's, it's, it's overwhelming how much, um, especially when you, when you want to start playing with the big boys, yeah. <laughs> how much you need to, to learn. Um, so I, I looked to, in, in the woodworking niche, there was no one doing what we were doing. We were the first video woodworking podcast. And so we just kind of looked at other, other examples in other markets. So like Leo with, with technology and Twit TV. Um, at the time there was a, um, there was a, there's a, what is it? Wine Library um, oh, with right, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I don't think he was out in 2006, but it was a wine. It was wine something. Uh, Grape Radio. That's right. Grape Radio. Um, there was also a because podcasting was so new, the community was very tight and niche and very close. So you had events like the podcast and new media expo in Ontario, California. Well, we're in Phoenix. We'll just drive. And we used to live in that area um, before we moved out to Phoenix. So we went to this podcast, new media expo and met a lot of people like Don McAllister who runs screencast uh, online. He has a membership site online and he teaches people how to do a bunch of cool stuff on the Mac. Uh, Izzy video, um, Izzy Hyman, who he has a membership site. And uh, at the time when we met them back in 2006, 2007, they didn't have membership sites. We were all just kind of starting and learning from one another. And then slowly over the years, it just so happens Izzy and his wife live here in Phoenix. So we've met with them a number of times. There's like PodCamp uh, Arizona, which is turned into tech Phoenix over the years. Um, it's just really kind of getting in, you know, doing your thing, but also being part of the community and finding people that are trying to do the same things that you're doing, but just in a different area. So we're all just kind of learning together <laughs> in, in a way. So. Right. And that's, yeah, certainly, uh, avoiding the, um, temptation to, you know, hole up in your basement and just keep right. putting out 
episodes of whatever it is that you're doing and and not we really, do that yeah we do that i mean we've gone a whole year without coming out of our house we're like, oh. and that's always a weird thing because you do you create this thing and you put it out there and you hope it's it's good but you, i mean a lot of times it's the comments that come back, especially when you're first starting out, you may not get a lot of feedback. So you're like, am I on track? Am I not on track? But you just like, if you, if you're enjoying what you're doing and kind of evaluating why you're doing the podcasting uh, for, like I said, for us, it, it wasn't necessarily about the show. It was more about, we wanted to create a (laughs) a marketing tool to educate our customers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just so happened that, that other woodworkers, really enjoyed it because there wasn't a lot of woodworking programming on at the time. So we were filling a a pretty um, interesting niche. Yeah. So, and it looks like you're doing um, a bit of sort of a membership model now with that site, right? And that's, and then selling patterns and and instructions and stuff as well. Uh, Yeah. Plans. Um, So really our business model with the wood whisperer, like I said, we started in 2006 and it was um, shortly thereafter that, we reached out to uh, um, two companies in particular, two power tool companies. I mean, it's woodworking. Tools are required. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the fun. So, yeah. And we decided to reach out to two tool companies. I, I, I remember the conversation exactly. We were sitting in our office and I said to, to my husband, I'm like, who would you, like, who would be like your dream companies, dream tool companies, you know, big power tool and portable power tool. And he said to me, I would love, I would love Powermatic and Festool. Those are the two that originally, I'm like, well, we need to contact them. And we did, we cold called contact them. Now, I don't know how, you know, the landscape has changed a lot. I don't know how well this tactic works now. I don't know, (laughs) but, but we had something valuable to, to, to say, this is what we're doing. This is the audience that we're doing. We surveyed our audience. We had some information on them. Um, We didn't go to these companies like on episode one. We went to them like on episode 20. Right. So we kind of established who we were, what we were doing. Um, And they thankfully agreed. So early in, in the Wood Whisperer days, we were completely funded by, um, by companies and sponsorships and advertisements. Well, right around the recession, 2009, 2008, um, one of the companies, their budget dried up and they couldn't continue with us. And we were like, oh, crap. <laughs> that, that was our oh, crap moment. Yeah. And we're like, if, if, if advertising and sponsorship goes away, what's our backup plan? And that's where the membership site came. And what we have found over the years is that our membership site really is an online kind of woodworking school of sorts where Mark goes into every single detail that that, that particular project would, would require of you. It, he also has amazing SketchUp plans that can be downloaded so and you get direct consulting with him if you need help. So we have people that have joined our membership site. And one of the things that you can build is, is a workbench workbench for woodworker is like, that is their stamp on. I am a woodworker. (laughs) So we've had people join, sign up for that project, never doing a project ever before and have built it. And it's, and it looks beautiful. And I mean, that's like 10 hours of video to make that project, but it's all there. It's almost like a lynda.com of sorts, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So that's kind of, oh, and, and, and it puts the, and it, and it puts the, the value in, in the members, like the members are responsible for that running. So there's no ads on the site. It's a really good, like experience for, a, from a learning perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, it's, yeah, it's just an interesting way. And you also build, a, I'm assuming, a bit of community that's mm-hmm. developed inside the membership area section or whatever as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah. But so then, we have our free and paid are, are kind of our two models for the, for that business. Right. And so some, some of the podcasts or the video podcast go out to the free side and some are members only, right? Roughly. Yeah. Sort of, I, I mean, 
Well, like, for instance, uh, Izzy Video, he has a free component to his website, but he also has the paid membership. So he uses more of his free content as he'll give you a taste of the video and say, okay, if you want to continue watching it, you become a member. Right. Whereas our model is more, we our videos that we release for free are a start and end thought. Um, and so like, for instance, right now, he, Mark is building some poker chip trays that will be on the free site. Um, it's a really, it'll be a, uh, about a five minute, 10 minute video. Um, and it'll show the start and it's what you would probably see on TV. I mean, a woodworking show on TV is like 20 minutes. You can't actually get everything you need to build that project in, in the most for the most part on, on those episodes, but that's stuff that's on. And that's kind of like, if this stuff interests you, then maybe you should check out the guild. If you want to get really into actually learning the craft. And that's kind of how we, we do a soft sale and we don't want to pressure anyone to, to join the guild. Um, because some people just like to watch woodworking videos, you know, and that's kind of how we, we, we approach it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there's different models <laughs> yeah oh that's interesting that's uh, that's I'm familiar with Izzy and, and also uh, Don McAllister who has been on this show mm-hmm. I think it's episode 20 or something like that talking with him about a similar model of uh, yeah. sort of monetizing and making a bit we, of money well Izzy learned from Don yeah and then we learned from Izzy <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was, I think my, I think I came across Izzy as well first and then sort of backwards to, up to Don or whatever as well. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had Izzy on yet. I'll have to have him on sometime. Yeah, too, definitely. But, he's, he's great to talk to. Yeah. Um, anyways, that was 20 minutes on, on, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that, that I'm the one who, who went down the, the, the wooden trail as it were. Um, but, uh, more importantly with some of the shows you're doing now, yeah. um, the, the one I was just listening to and, and uh, probably why I was a few minutes late because I just got caught up listening to it was, uh, your Ladies of Leet podcast, which yeah. I just was listening to. I think it's the Valentine's Day episode number 93 or whatever that uh, just some funny, funny remarks about <laughs> Valentine's Day and video gaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. But tell me a bit about that show and what's where it came from. Well, because of the Wood Whisperer, like I said, it kind of opened me up into this podcasting world. Uh, before before we did this, I would have never have dreamed I would be doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> or co-hosting or hosting a show ever. Um, I was very shy growing up. I didn't I didn't have a lot of confidence in my voice, and so just being a part of the Wood Whisperer and then meeting people in the community really opened that door and made me go, hmm, maybe that might be fun. And my husband and I, we play World of Warcraft. We're big World of Warcraft people. And we listened to a show called The Instance with Scott Johnson. Uh, Scott Johnson, who runs the Frog Pants Network, and there's a ton of shows on his network. And early on in 2007, that was our that was our go-to podcast that we listened to. And I just thought Scott was so professional and Randy Jordan was his co-host at the time. And I just loved listening to him. And when, when you're in podcasting, you start doing podcasting, you listen to, it's really good to listen to others to see how they approach it because it really does make you better. So because of the podcasting environment, we, like I mentioned, the podcast, the New Media Expo, we were able to meet Randy and Patrick Beja, who was, um, he provided a segment, uh, the mod of the week on the instance. For those that know World of Warcraft, you're totally shaking your hands and goes, yep, I remember. For those that don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right, <fine>. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really kind of cool because our common interest was podcasting. And Patrick was a podcaster. We were podcasters. And even though Patrick's not a woodworker, he he had heard of the Wood Whisperer. Oh, we had been because we we were number one in hobbies um, for for quite some time uh, in iTunes. So we were succeeding in a lot of places. And so we were. And because I had called on on Leo Laporte's show a number of times, Patrick recognize my voice (laughs) and and the point being is we made friendships and connections through those mediums 
And that then led to years later, um, Patrick coming to me in 2009 and saying, hey, would you like to do a show with me? Um, and my friend Mark Turpin, Mark the Terpster Turpin, who is a co-host on The Instance Today, as well as he works on a very, very popular YouTube um, channel called Yogcast. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, but I'm really nervous. I don't know Mark and um, I've only listened to him uh, on WOW Radio. He was on WOW Radio at the time and I had never done a podcast. So we, we decided, uh, but I said, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So uh, Patrick launched the movie Licious, which was really my first podcast and I was a co-host. And that's really where I learned to kind of capture my voice and be really learn that art of being a co-host. <laughs> so, and it was about um, about six months later that I decided to launch Ladies of Lead and and try hosting a show because it's it's a completely different thing to host a show versus being a co-host a show. So when you produce a show, you have so many things to think about. You know, is the track recording, is, are my levels right? You, you really get into the meat of what it takes to make a podcast. And I think any co-host, it would be wise of them to at least go through that process of what it, <laughs> it's like to record. Because I know there's some, some co-hosts that I've worked with in the past that they just show up. You know, they're there. And I'm like, you have no idea how easy you have it. <laughs> yeah. That's a a show I do with a friend, a couple of friends of mine, called the Intellectual Radio Program. It's just right. you know, three geeks just sitting around chatting, and both of them are also podcasters as well on their own shows. But they both love it because they just show up, right? And, and for a change, and get to just uh. they don't prepare like Adam, the one guy, especially. You know, I mean, I poke fun at him, but he doesn't prepare. He just shows up. Turns. He's lucky if he's there on time, and he <laughs> he just gets to talk and and you know give his feedback about whatever we happen to be talking about, and then shuts it off, and then goes and has a coffee or iced tea or whatever. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. and if you, if you add another layer, like um, we currently stream our shows live as well on Alpha Geek Radio, which is a great, you know, run by uh, Todd Gnomewise. Um, he, he has it where we can just plug it in, stream it live, and people can listen and be in the chat room and interact with us as we're recording. So if you got that layer too... Yeah, that, oh, it, it gets it gets a little <laughs> overwhelming because there's sometimes stuff doesn't work. You're like, no, what's going on? <laughs> and that's so. exactly what I, I sometimes stream this one live. But I, I've I don't just personal opinion is with interview shows where it's just one on one with a person. I find it more distracting. Whereas the like I said, the actual right. radio program, when we do that one, we stream it live. There's a chat room. It's kind of like get some banter going yeah, on. Yeah, and there's sometimes. three of you. So if you mm -hmm. happen to miss what one person says, it's not the end of the world that you're. <laughs> <laughs> paying attention to the chat room or whatever but yeah uh, exactly yeah all right so Wait. you're where i interrupted you now um, no i was just I, was, lead, huh? I mean ladies of elite was only born because i had gone through that process of being comfortable with it in on the movie licious and then um bringing in kim and stephanie on ladies of elite they i rated with them in world of warcraft by the way, everything's going to come back to World of Warcraft. <laughs> That's okay. And the only reason I'm not more familiar with World of Warcraft is because I know if I went down that path, even way back when it first came out, I would just yeah. be gone. Like I, that's my personality with those kind of games. Yeah. And well, somehow I managed to stave off. The, the oh, we had my my husband and I had many of days where we would wake up, start playing at nine, and we would stop playing at like two a.m. <laughs> yeah. It was. Those were the days before kids. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, that's, I just, yeah, if it hangs on and remains popular enough, which it doesn't show any sign of stopping until yeah. my kids are old enough to get into that, then that'll be another discussion, I guess. But Totally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And Ladies of Leet was born um, because it really, I, I looked in the space and there was a lot of video game podcasts, but there really wasn't any that I could find that um, only it was a... Uh, female cast and I knew I played games with amazing women so I approached Stephanie and Kim and was like hey you want to get together every other week and just talk about some games and they were totally down for it and we've been going since I think in November of 2009 uh, and it was because of Ladies of Elite that was kind of my interview or resume for Scott Johnson to invite me on the final score which is another video 
podcast um, in Frog Pants Network with Brian Dunaway. And so I've been able to kind of, because I'm doing things that I love and interacting with awesome people, and it's just opened a lot of opportunities to kind of get to know people. And that's, that's, it's all been because of the Wood Whisperer. (laughs) Really has, and World of Warcraft. Yeah. So, (laughs) all comes back to woodworking and and killing uh, orcs. Yeah, orcs. I was trying, didn't want to lose any nerd cred by not. (laughs) I got your back. Yeah, calling out the right, right uh, bad guy. Um, So, uh, let me just think that I'm curious with the the frog pants thing because I don't, I don't, don't, I'll try and, I'll, Someday, someday I'll have to have Scott Johnson on too. But um, the the model that he uses or seems to use from the outside, I I come from there's you know with, with nerd stuff and and podcasting stuff. There's kind of these little silos, and you kind of get. I was in sort of the five by five world and kind of followed that, and then sure. became aware of Scott through I think Dan interviewed him one time on a show, and then mm-hmm. kind of went down that rabbit trail too. But he uses a different seems to be a different model of like you have your show and you have your site. Mm-hmm. And it's affiliated with Frog Pants, but it's not necessarily on hosted and right. physically, you know, in, in all terms of the web, anyways, physically hosted on Frog Pants. And so, um, and because he's kind of a curator of sorts. Yeah. So, like, I mean, ladies. He has of, his own. Sorry, he has his own shows. And then he looks for shows that may fit into that kind of wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, and, and we host our, you know, like you said, we, we have our own sites, we, we can do our own advertising and really it's been kind of a slow build over the years, but what it does is it, it allows us to kind of come together and we share. So when we do get together, um, my background is, is business, uh, and marketing. So, I have a lot of experiences that I'm able to work with other frog pants producers and I really want to see them succeed. So like for instance, just this past January, a lot of us went to the new media expo in Las Vegas. And, and most of the time we spent together talking about strategies and, you know, different things. So we would look at, evaluate the website and look at different things that they can do. So, it, it's more about kind of creating a environment that we can all come together and compare notes more or less. Right. And that's, sort of that's really, yeah. About like a team that has your back and yeah. Yeah. Like we said earlier, it's, you can be stuck sort of in your basement and or <laughs> exactly. wherever your podcasting area happens exactly. to be. It doesn't always have to be a basement, but <laughs> yeah. for me it is. And, uh, and yeah, it could be a lone venture. And so having, a group of folks. And so do you have, is there some sort of like collaborative, you know, like a base camp or a, a, a web-based thing that you, you're communicating in sort of behind the scenes or is it kind of just, um, I have, I'm, it's funny you ask this because <laughs> I, I am in the process of putting one together. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, so like for instance, you know, silly questions that you were like, Oh, I just, I just, we just did this. We're having our thousand, our thousandth show or whatever. Um, how do I create a press release about that? Or, you know, I'm, I'm interested in somebody just contacted me wanting to do advertising. I'm not even sure what rate I should charge. What do you think? Um, a lot of us in the network have been down that path. And, and if you, if you Google that, you can find some information. You can also find sample media kits and, you know, how do I even produce a media kit? What do I do with memberships? How do I leverage Amazon? I mean, these are all questions that when you're, when you are starting to get more traction in, in your podcast and you are wanting to kind of, um, build that podcast up, uh, these are important questions to to ask. Now I wouldn't go into some of these top topics for, like for instance, with Movielicious, when we first started on episode one of Movielicious, there's no way, there's no way I would even worry about a media kit for Movielicious on episode one. Heck, episode twenty, I wouldn't have even worried about that. <laughs> um, you know, video, is, I will say, is is easier to sell in, but oh, audio sure. is is great um, because when you when you're dealing with video, it's the product's right there, right? right? So it's easier for some of these companies to kind of wrap their brain around an ad, you know, a a pre-roll ad or a post-roll ad or a product integration or or thing like that. So um, video is, 
our audio is great and it's easy to do. And it's, it's a really great way to get into the medium of podcasting. Um, but it can be a little harder to sell. Yeah, and kind of show your value. You really need those numbers, like I was saying, yeah. the, the CPMs and you know surveying the demographics, and they want more information from that. Right. Yeah, I'm sure we could do uh, someday. I'll have to do a series, I think, on just sponsorship or something, and just talk to ten different people. And, <laughs> well, and there, and one thing we learned: there is a difference between a sponsor and an advertiser. Right. There's a big there's a big difference between the two. And when you're approaching companies and things like that, some really big companies, they outsource that stuff to like a third party. And oh, that is a headache to go through because <laughs> just finding the person and then they want you to fill out all these forms and it's a lot of work. But there, there are some companies that don't outsource it and you can talk to the marketing person and they can tell you, oh yeah, we don't have a budget this year, but we do next year. I really would like to look into it more. So the, you know, be prepared. This is what I'm going to ask you for. So you right. can start building. So one, I can't remember where I heard this, but I found, I found this to be very true. When you make contacts, contacts, and this is, not just in the podcasting world, this is in, in, your, in your life, in business, it takes around two years for those contacts. It's almost like planting a seed. And the way I've always approached making or quote unquote networking <laughs> is building friendships, yeah. working with people that I like and respect and want to be a part of what they're doing. And if you can work with, and that, and, that's why I think, you know, the good old boy network exists because they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're already friends. They're, working at, they're already friends. Yeah. <laughs> business happens. And people do business with people they like. Yeah. So, and, and so if you can cultivate, knowing, knowing relationships don't happen overnight, but looking at ways to potentially network or become, you know, Friends, I don't know. But the, the whole point is you have to put the time and energy into those relationships. So it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's no guarantee that something will happen from that relationship. But if you're a genuine person, if you're, you know, if you're, if you give a lot, I like to, I, I'm always giving. Like I want to, see, I truly want to see all of my friends succeed. So I'm like, if I'm giving you way too much information, I'm sorry, but I really, you just tell me to shut up no. and I'll stop giving you ideas. Yeah, no, that's I'm always sending, I was, I'm always sending Brian Ibbett ideas on his website and Steven Schleicher over at Major Spoilers. I'm sending him, I'm like, if I'm bugging you, I'm sorry, but here, these are some of the things that I've thought of and you could be doing. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, I mean, uh, and like, like they can always uh, have set up a, a filter so they don't get your email anymore. <laughs> You'd never exactly. know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whatever. But no, I'm used to, I mean, that's the very nature of this show is kind of fun in that I'm talking to other podcasters who by their nature obviously know how to talk. And so <laughs> it's on me, I guess, to, to reel people in if I feel like we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking too much or I don't know how that, yeah. whatever that looks like. But, um, no, I'm just thinking now where to go. Cause I, what I want to touch on quickly too is, um, just a bit of the text. I know folks tune into the show to hear sure. a bit of the geek tech stuff that you're using. So you're doing a few shows where you have multiple guests and there's some shows you mentioned where you're just doing one and you're the producer on some and, and guest on others. So, um, when you're producing a show yourself, what, what are, what's, uh, let's start with some of the, just even microphones and stuff. What are you using these days? Um, for? well, this is the funny thing my, because my husband also do, does a podcast. He set everything up. I just, I oh, just yeah. sit down, just make sure everything's on and working and connected properly. Right. So I'm looking at my microphone <laughs> right now. I think it's a, what the heck is this? H-E-I-L-P-R-40. Uh, oh, there you go. Heil PR-40. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're using a Multimix 8 Firewire Alesis mixer. So I get that question a lot. Like, oh, I've been trying, you know, I'm, I'm just starting a podcast and I'm trying to get Skype into my recording and it's not working. How do you do it? Yeah. Well, you know, you can do, you can use uh, like a uh, software mixer. 
or you can use a physical mix- mixer. We use a physical mixer and we use that, this Alesis and it works really great. And we just have a Mac mini and we, I record on GarageBand. We have two tracks, uh, my track, and then we pipe in with the mixer, a second track. So if levels are wonky, I can kind of adjust, which is really nice. Um, because yeah. sometimes with recording with women, our voices are a little softer. <laughs> so I have to amp us up. <laughs> um, but, and then from there, I export it out into an AIF file and then I drop it into Levelator just to, just to make sure everything, I, I didn't laugh too loud <laughs> or anything, just to kind of make sure I don't have any peaks. Yeah. Uh, so, and then once I do the Levelator, then I use a little MP3 converter and convert it to MP3 and then put in my, you know, edit the file, um, put in my album art and I use archive.org to, to host it. Oh, you do? Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just throw it up to archive.org, put it in my, write up my blog post, drop in the MP3 link. Um, I use PodTrack to kind of track all my downloads. So I have a PodTrack account and, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. PodTrack is an interesting um, thing, too, because if you have big downloads, Lazy Lead, Nerd Parents, it's, you know, we're, I don't know, around 4,000 downloads or so, I think. But our but Mark's Wood Talk, I mean, he has 30,000 downloads for that show. Right. And because we're using PodTrack to track everything, they have a they have an ad network in there. So they, they approached Mark and said, hey, Audible wants to do an ad with you um, because of your, your download numbers with WoodTalk going and because of, you know, they're, they're capturing all those statistics in PodTrack. So because we set it up with PodTrack, there's always potential that, that PodTrack might have an advertiser for us to, to work with us on that. Right. So that's a little tip. Yeah. <laughs> you, never, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, keep track definitely. of those keep track of those downloads. Well, and even if you're yeah, even if you don't get approached by them, that's going back to what you're saying earlier as far as having a press kit of some sort and being able mm-hmm. to say we get 200 that's, downloads or 4000 downloads, whatever the number is, exactly. at least you have it there and so. Yeah. Yeah. What are you using for just to you briefly mentioned but as far as editing um the data on the file, the metadata for iTunes and whatever? I just drop it into iTunes. Okay, yeah. That's and I, I right click on it and just drop in the artwork and <laughs> yeah. then change the info on the title the artist and the uh, album that's one <laughs> that's of those it. ones where i've i that's what i do too that's the exact process i use um and i keep thinking there's got to be something out there that's probably going to make this quicker uh but it's it also is just what works so if you're out there yeah. listening and you you've got this because i've tried some there's one that had like a a pop can icon i can't remember what it was called but and it was kind of okay, but it was also like you basically were building your own RSS feed with it, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to manage that stuff. That's what I sure. use WordPress for. But uh, exactly, yeah. If somebody out there has got a cool tool for editing metadata, that's yeah. It, it, you know, when I first started producing, it would take me—I'm not kidding you—two hours to edit one episode of Lazily, and it was because I was and I was taking out the ums and the spaces and all of that stuff like over editing it and I'm like you know I just need to let it be what it is and only you know I have taken out stuff in the past when it's like blatantly like I have a I forgot to mute a an audio file and it starts in the middle of a recording as we're recording you know those are the kinds of things (laughs) that I do edit out um but it just it really just depends on uh, your workflow, on how efficient you can be. And I've I've gone from two hours of edit time to like I don't know thirty minutes to get the show notes because I'm re- I'm really big on show notes. I hate listening to a podcast where they talk about something cool, and I don't really understand. I didn't get what they said, or I didn't get they didn't say the the website that's on. I'm like, what did they say? What did they say? <laughs> And so I, I have that in the back of my head every time we bring up a product or a website or something cool 
that I need to put that in the show notes in case somebody's listening and they go, what was that Nicole was talking about? Oh, I'll just go to the website and then find it in the show notes. So I am a stickler about my show notes. Yeah, no, definitely. That's me too. And uh, speaking of which, I should just say right now, because I'll probably forget when we wrap up, but this right now we're, I'm in the process of building a new site with a new podcast site with some friends. And so depending Mm -hmm. on when you listen to this, (laughs) uh, (laughs) it'll be, if it's uh in February or March 2014, he'll still be at ssktn.com and you can look for the Show Me Your Mic logo and then uh, Nicole's smiling face will be on the screen there <laughs> and you can click through and find all the links. Post-March yeah. something-ish, depending on if we get her out I'll send you. I'll send you another link that I, I send out to people. It's because I said that I, I host my audio files on archive.org. There's a great write-up on how to podcast for free and it talks oh, yeah. about audacity archive.org and gives you and walks you through the whole process oh perfect so i mean that's a great article for someone that's just getting into it and they have no idea what they're getting into because yeah. they might not enjoy it they might go oh crap this is a lot of work yeah. and i just spent way <laughs> too much money on a you know a lesis multi-mix eight that i heard nicole talk about yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> definitely um yeah, and uh, and the other the new site goodstuff.fm is where you find it later goodstuff.fm slash smym. So show me your mic slash thirty eight will be the episode number of this show. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I want to touch quickly on uh, on Nerd Parents, the mm-hmm. the newest show that you you just launched, and because it's yeah. something that I know uh, well as a parent, it's near and dear to my heart being a nerd and a parent. And so, yeah. what was the uh, the the inspiration and the start of that show? Um, well, I think I've said it on the, on the show, but I really started it as more of a therapy session for me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about doing the show for two years. So I had my son, uh, back in 2011 and we had a pretty, we had a, I had a really hard pregnancy, like sick every day for the entire pregnancy. Uh, Yeah. Um, and then we had an even traumatic birth because he came early and so, I I lived on Amazon and the web for like the first <laughs> I don't know three months <laughs> when when he was home because I couldn't go, we couldn't go anywhere it was it was in the winter and you know they are like oh RSV and we don't want to get him sick and so we just were locked in our house for a year pretty much um, and and in that time. Uh, just kind of going through different websites and and nothing really spoke to me. There 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 are a few out there like um, Geek Dad over on Wire dot com and uh, I but I I think they do a podcast as well. Um, but I guess my my thought was I would love to just talk to other parents. Um, my idea for the show was my husband and I we would be the nerd parents and we would bring other parents that we respected in our nerd community in the frog pants community and online um, onto the show and just talk to them and get their advice and get thoughts and feedback on different topics. Uh, At the time, sleep was a really big deal in this house because (laughs) he just wouldn't sleep. And it just, it just felt like, there's so much information on the internet. I was getting lost, lost in a sea of just horrible mommy blogs and forums. And <laughs> yeah. it was just, it was challenging. Um, and I just, I, I remember during my pregnancy, Mark, not making me listen because <laughs> I just, I just, whatever you want to do is fine. Um, but he really tried to help me through my pregnancy. Um, and one of the podcasts that he would listen with me um, was a podcast called Practastic. I think they've renamed it since, but it was a round table of women going through pregnancy, different stages of pregnancy, and they would come on and they would be supportive of one another and they would talk about their ups and their downs and just kind of commiserating with the experience. It's a, it's an amazing experience, but it's also a hard experience <laughs> for some. And this pie in the sky Facebook reality is not the reality of, of pregnancy and, and child raising for, for most people. So that's kind of where it came from, to be honest, the long answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was no. just me wanting to connect with 
with other like-minded nerdy parents, um, especially with the technology. Uh, I, I see, I feel so much judgment about that. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I just, and that's why I always start every show. Every kid's different because they are, and every parent's different and the, and we can't fit things into a, every, you know, a square peg into a round hole. It just, for, for every kid, they react differently. So one kid may not react so great to an iPad, but my kid, he totally got it. He loved it. And thank God for an iPad. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, he's reading now and he's two. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. So <laughs> I'm embracing the technology and I have always my entire life been like that. So yeah, and that's a it's a that's a whole other well, a whole other show, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> in itself, because it's it's always that that tension. I think these days. Well, I'm sure they dealt with it in the '80s too, with when we were kids. Television. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a cycle, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, fair yeah. and balanced parenting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. We'll, yeah, we'll leave the the parenting discussion for another. I we mm-hmm. I did a ten episode series on parenting with a friend, and and it is tough because you're you're balancing. It's kind of like probably like doing a, a podcast. I would never do a podcast on politics or religion either. Right. But it's just kind of like one of those things that just sparks something and mm-hmm. it's hard to like, uh, by your nature, by my nature anyways, I, I, I struggle with, you know, trying to, uh, not offending somebody, but then mm-hmm. want to share an opinion. And so, yeah, parenting is one of those things where you're, even within your own family, probably there's differing styles of <laughs> Yeah, totally. Parenting, well. so. You ask your parents, like for for us, we asked our own parents what they would do. And looking back at it, like, what, what, how did we even live? I mean, what? (laughs) Some of the suggestions they gave, it was like, well, they, you know, it's been 30 plus years since, so they've forgotten a lot. I mean, you naturally want to push that period of time out of your brain. I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Everyone tells you it'll pass, and then yeah. like, well, when it goes on for a year, it's not really feeling right. like it's passing, but but then it's it does, and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the way I ask folks, I forgot to maybe prep you about this, but uh, and you you sound like you probably would know, but uh, some of the things, one of the things I ask folks before I end the show is what podcast do you listen to, and shows that are out there that you're when you find spare time between producing podcasts and and parenting and family and wood working and <laughs> whatever yeah. else. What uh, what are, what are the shows that you well, I've, I've definitely listed a few of them already. So mm-hmm. the instance still, I'm still a big World of Warcraft player. Um, let's see. Uh, the Morning Stream, one of my favorite podcasts probably. I listen to it every morning. Uh, I even do a, a segment on the show every Wednesday. Um, because of Movielicious, uh, I've always loved movies and and uh, decided, told Scott, I'm like, hey, do you care if I call in and just give recommendations on movies that are streaming on, on you know, good ones that are out there? And <laughs> good is very subjective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, not everybody agrees with my choices, but, uh, you know, I've, I've opened some minds a few times. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's your fun. show called The Recommendals? Is that what you, uh, well, what's. So recommendals is the segment and and for a while there I was breaking out the segment into its own feed because not everybody was able because the morning stream is a morning show Monday through Thursday. So it's and it's two hours every day. Yeah. So pe- some people fall behind, but they were like, oh, I want to catch up with your recommendals. This is great. And I just got so busy that right. I, I haven't been able to keep up with it. And that's that's actually one of my uh, embarrassments. I really kind of mad at myself for not keeping up with it but it's it's hard to yeah especially in podcasting you just are like oh i'm gonna do all this stuff and then you're like whoa i'm doing too much yeah gotta have some balance here so uh cord killers which is um a show by tom Merritt and brian brushwood and they talk about i we recently cut the cord last year and they talk about all of the cool stuff i was fortunate enough to be on their how to cut the cord episode. Oh, nice. Um, and we run through everything you would p- need to know about cutting the cord or even shaving the cord <laughs> of cable. Because not everybody can cut it. I yeah. mean, these these cable companies are making it hard. So, Cord Killers is another one of, of my favorite shows. 
Cool. And then Coverville. Coverville, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Ibbett. He is one of the long-standing podcasters. I met him in the early days as well. And he does not just one, I want to say like five or six different uh, shows. Um, but the Coverville, the main show, he does blocks of cover music. And he just launched... Coverville Radio, which is a 24-hour radio station that you can listen to all of his covers on the web. It's an amazing wow. website. So, so Coverville.com is uh, an awesome website, and he's, yeah. he's one of my favorite podcasters. So. That's a new one to me. What, uh, uh, the other question is, the follow-up is, what, what apps or, or where do you listen to them usually? Are you on a, a phone or a computer, or what do you do? Um, so... A lot of times, like with the morning stream, I go over to alphageekradio.com because they stream it live. So when I take my son to daycare, I just pop it, put on the website, hit play, and I'm listening to it live. Um, with Coverville and Cord Killers, uh, I use Stitcher. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Stitcher fan. So I just kind of plug it in there. Plus, it, it cross-promotes to my Facebook. So some of my family and friends learn about shows that they've never heard of before, which is kind of neat. So I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's listening to Cord Killers. Weird. <laughs> she begins so. to understand your world a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, in wrapping up, I know you got to go to go do your own show right away here, but uh, where can folks uh, find you and follow you on the internets that you're, you're well, I've, online I've, digits? I've pretty much cornered the market on Nicole Spag. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find everything that I'm doing on my about.me page. I keep that up to date uh, at about.me slash Nicole Spag. Or you can find me on Twitter um, at Nicole Spag. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I have my own website too, where I, I try to drop little business pearls of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> NicoleSpag.com. So uh, where I, I've, I've talked a, a number of times about media kits and I, I even think I have a post on there when we were, thinking about um, trying to get a TV deal with the Wood Whisperer. And that process was weird. So I blogged about that. So, yeah. So that's, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, thanks, Nicole, for coming thank on. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. This was fun. Yeah. And uh, thank you, folks, for listening. Um, like I said earlier, you can find this show and, and a few others over at SSKTN.com, soon to be goodstuff.fm, depending on when you listen. And I'm I, Chris, on Twitter. And, of course, SSKTN on the Twitter and Facebooks and all that kind of stuff. So, for now, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.